Welcome to Clinical Pearls. I am Tracy White, and I'm here with my co-host, BJ Hamankuli. We have an exciting show for you today. We have a certified nurse midwife joining us to talk to us about a day in the life of a nurse midwife, access to care for women and babies, and all the services that they provide, which are many more than I knew about. So I'm hoping that you'll learn a lot from her today. Um, it reminds me of a show that I heard about called Call the Midwife, and I need to watch mm -hmm. it. I haven't watched it yet. Mm -hmm. BJ, have you seen it? No, no. What are you watching these days? Well, <laughs> I can tell you it's far from what Call a Nurse Midwife <laughs> is. I'm, I'm watching an Netflix show called Tough Boy. Um, I would really recommend it for you to watch. How about you? What are you watching? Um, I have been watching reruns of Seinfeld. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's on uh, Netflix, yeah. and I watched it way yeah. back when it was an original show uh -huh. and have been watching it yeah uh just it's like a 30 minute quick show and it's very funny and about nothing so wonderful well let's, let's just talk about this a little bit who's your favorite character oh oh i think elaine elaine yeah all right i love yeah. george, I love george. <laughs> yeah. um so thank you all for joining us and stay tuned for a wonderful show Access to health care has for a long time been used as an indicator to the health status of communities. In Alabama, access to health care has been ranked as the second greatest current health concern. Healthy People 2030 defines access to health care as timely use of personal health services to achieve the best health outcomes. Providing avenues that provide access to health care services has been shown to improve the overall health status of a community. Nurse midwives play a critical role in addressing the problem of access to healthcare. On this episode of Clinical Pearls, we are joined by Dr. Elizabeth Munoz, a nurse midwife and faculty at the UAB School of Nursing. Dr. Munoz, thank you for joining us. And please tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. Uh, like you said, I am Liz Munoz and I am um, a certified nurse midwife born and raised here in Alabama. Uh, shout out to my hometown of Atmore. Uh, and I uh, was not always planning to be a nurse midwife. It wasn't something that I knew I wanted to do until I was, you know, in another career. Mm -hmm. And so I come to nurse midwifery from a background of understanding what access or not having access to mm -hmm. healthcare looks like. And so that's a piece of of what I come uh, to the profession knowing. So I loved your introduction there that you gave. Um, but I uh, practice in Champaign-Urbana, Illinois okay. at uh, Carl Foundation Hospital, and I am a part-time PRN uh, practitioner. I am a full-time educator and the um, assistant program director okay. here at UAB School of Nursing, Nurse Midwifery Pathway. So right. I merge practice with teaching and uh, have been at UAB for a little over a year now. Awesome. So I'm excited to be here today. Well, thank you for coming. Yeah. Yeah, we're really excited to have you. And I didn't realize that you actually are from Alabama. Yeah. So you must have moved, obviously. I did. I went to college at Huntington College. I studied theater, which is a big jump to nurse midwifery yeah. from theater. Um, but I went to Huntington College and uh, moved to New York City pretty much the day after I graduated um, to seek out 
you know, the Broadway dream and quickly learned that uh, New York City is not like Alabama, <laughs> but in so many ways that are awesome as well. Um, and found my way to nurse midwifery um, through really just having different lived experiences and having to be on my own for the first time. Um, found my way to thinking about access to healthcare, advocacy for healthcare, mm -hmm. and that led me to nurse midwifery. Well, what a fun, cool <laughs> journey. Um, so what is a nurse midwife? So a certified nurse midwife is an advanced practice nurse. Um, someone who has had at minimum graduate school for nursing. So, uh, for example, I have my master's of science in nursing. Um, I became an RN first and then uh, finished, went into my master's program. Or you can have what's called a doctoral exit, um, which is a doctorate of nursing practice exit, um, and which I also have my DMP. Uh, but you can also exit midwifery school that way as well. So different programs have different exit pathways. But certified nurse midwives provide care for not only pregnant individuals, um, but also we provide preventative well-woman care, we provide primary care, and we can even provide newborn care for the first 28 days of a newborn's life. So I like to say that nurse midwives do everything an OB does, mm -hmm. except surgery and really big emergencies. <laughs> okay. So we handle mostly the normal, although we are skilled in handling the emergencies that can happen in childbirth, like postpartum hemorrhage, shoulder dystocia. And then of course we care for the entire individual, not just the pregnancy. Okay. Um, tell us more about when you were a registered nurse at the mm -hmm. bedside. Mm -hmm. uh, what made you think about nurse midwifery as sure. that advanced practice that you wanted to seek out? So my story is a little bit unique where I do not have bedside nursing experience. Mm. I did what's called a bridge program um, through um, a nursing school in Tennessee. I'm a graduate of Vanderbilt Nursing School. So I came in with my bachelor's degree and bridged to a nursing degree that then bridged to a master's mm -hmm. in nursing. Mm -hmm. So I entered this knowing I wanted to be a nurse midwife. Okay. Um, while I value bedside nursing. Absolutely. I actually really loved my clinical training in the mm -hmm. hospital. That's really the only bedside nursing I have done. Mm -hmm. um, I knew what I wanted to do from the beginning. So those people out there who maybe have a degree in something else and really feel like they're missing out on their calling, there are ways to bridge that space. Now, bedside nursing experience absolutely helps um, <laughs> lessen the learning curve mm -hmm. because I didn't know how hospital functions. Mm -hmm. I didn't know the hierarchy of nurse, nurse manager, unit manager, all of those things. And so I will tell you that my first year of practice was a lot of learning the structure of healthcare. And so having experience only helps, yeah. <laughs> but it is not absolutely required mm -hmm. um, to have provided bedside care. Yeah. As long as you have completed an education program, you can go straight into nurse midwifery. Okay. It will help, though. Well, I think <laughs> learning the structure of healthcare is an ongoing process oh, absolutely. for all of us. <laughs> yes. And my first year was not graceful, but I got through it and I'm still here. Well, that's part of it. Yeah. Um, there are many days when I'm not graceful either. Uh, so you mentioned that nurse midwives care for 
the entire patient and not just the pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And that was new to me to find out mm -hmm. that you also provide services other than, I imagine, just birthing of babies. Right. Can you expand on that a little bit? And what services would you provide to just women yes. and, and the babies? That yeah. was a great thing, too, that you provide the care yes. after. Yes. So nurse midwives function in different roles in different places. So I have worked in a clinic where I provided basically half and half midwifery birthing pregnancy care and midwifery primary care GYN. So I can, nurse midwives, not just me, can do annual exams, um, birth control consultations, um, insertions of IUDs and other um, long-acting reversible contraceptive methods. Um, we can see you for your sore throat. We can look in your ear because you have some weird feeling. Um, but we can also connect you to other healthcare services. So nurse midwives for some individuals um, are the only point of connection that they have to those referrals. So, you know, hey, midwife Liz, I've been having this stomach pain for six months. Oh, let's get you to someone who can help you uh, figure out what that is. So I see nurse midwives as the point of connection into the system for many people, especially in rural areas that maybe do not have, um, you know, the ability to get to a specialist without going through their annual exam or their pregnancy care. Um, so, and with, um, uh, the babies, I wanted to bring up that, uh, I worked with a family medicine residency in Champaign-Urbana and, uh, part of my job was doing the newborn rounding. So every morning I would go and examine every newborn that was born in the family medicine service line and just checking for normal and spotting abnormal. I want to bring up that nurse midwives, we are highly skilled at spotting the abnormal because we see so much normal. It's very easy to go, hmm, something's not right here um, because we've seen normal a trillion times. You know, that's a good point. One that I also did not know of, the fact that you guys actually do also provide other services mm -hmm. and referrals uh, because, you know, I could imagine most uh, females actually see just one provider mm -hmm. and you guys provide access to the various uh, different type of providers that they are out there, depending on the problem that uh, the female may have. So a recent publication in USA Today stated that millions of Americans live in maternity care mm -hmm. deserts and that access continues to worsen. Additionally, a 2022 uh, report by the March of Dimes reported 25 counties in Alabama as maternity care deserts. Dr. Munoz, what is a maternity care desert? I love that, that you've asked me this question. Um, because for Alabama and other states, it, it's a big problem. Um, maternity care deserts are any um, area of a state, county, region where someone has to drive more than 30 miles to access care. Um, the fact that Alabama has over 20 of these means that it's getting close to 50% of counties are maternity care deserts. Um, you can access maps online where you can actually track the closure of obstetric services across the last 20 years in the state. And what we see is obstetric and specialized services sort of clumping or hovering around metropolitan areas, leaving areas like the Black Belt on the western side of the state, um, the far eastern side, the corners, essentially, without OB services. And in my mind, that's a great opportunity for nurse midwifery. It's a sad reality that we're here, but it is such a opportunity for nurse midwives to work in those areas. Do you feel that there's a 
a resurgence of the nurse midwifery as a profession, because it seems to me, at least in our area, there was a time when I didn't hear a lot about it. Mm -hmm. So I did, and then I didn't, and now I am again. Is that is that true, or is that just my perception? That's absolutely true for Alabama. There were, um, at one point in time in the 1940s, um, 30s and 40s, there were over 3,000 midwives in the state. Now, these were midwives that weren't necessarily nurse midwives. They were midwives who were trained um, by the person in the area that birthed babies before, and they trained an apprentice. And um, so uh, that was prior to regulation of midwives. Um, but now in Alabama, we have 39, as of yesterday on the Board of Nursing's website, 39 certified nurse midwives in the state. I will tell you in the small town I am in, we have over 15 in my town. So the fact that Alabama has less than 40 in the state is shocking. Um, Again, there is a resurgence in Alabama, and it comes from the fact that we will not have enough obstetric clinicians if we don't add in the nurse midwife and um, integrate the nurse midwife into the existing health system. Other states have done this and have great success at reducing maternal mortality and improving outcomes like preventing preterm birth, improving breastfeeding rates. Um, so we have models to look to and we have an opportunity to do it here at UAB and we are doing that, um, UAB School of Nursing in particular. And so um, we can only go up, I guess is what I'm getting at. <laughs> that's the good, we can that's only the go good up. You're absolutely right that there is a perception of where did the midwives go? Mm. Well, the midwives went away because jobs were elsewhere that were more attractive, you know, in spaces that were more welcoming of midwives. Um, but now we're coming back. So, <laughs> and with a with a vengeance, can you tell us a little bit about your recent great news of the grant that yes. will help with this maternity desert issue? I hope. Yes. Yes. Supposing. So UAB School of Nursing um, applied for a HRSA grant to increase access um, to maternal health care modalities um, that link with community partnerships. So we have received um, a very nice grant that will go, it will extend over five years. Um, and it's not just me. It's not my grant. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a team. Uh, so myself, Dr. Shorten, uh, Dr. Knight and Dr. Holly. Um, and as well as other support from the school, um, we will work over the next five years to establish five midwifery service lines in existing practices. So we're not trying to go out and say, you get a midwife, you get a midwife, but we're trying to go into systems that are already functioning and embed nurse midwifery. Because what we have learned through the history of the success of how other places have done it, it's really in integrating into the mainstream health system that we see the best results because, of course, most people access healthcare using insurance in the mainstream health system. And that's what we need here in Alabama. Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. So, you so know, the next five years, thank you. Yeah, yeah. the next five years <clears throat> will be very exciting. Um, and we hope that by doing this, it inspires other people to post job openings for nurse midwives. Mm -hmm. You know, call them back. There are people who are licensed in the state who are not practicing as midwives mm -hmm. because the, the jobs aren't out there. Okay. So put put the job posting, call them back to the state. Right. So, you know, let's just circle back on, you know, uh, 
the access to care mm -hmm. uh, issue. Can you talk more on the poor outcomes that arise significant to poor access to care uh, with regards to maternal care? Sure. Specifically, access to health care. Um, when we see decreased access, we see an increase of problems getting bigger than they need to get. Mm -hmm. For example, if I do not have access into the healthcare system, I might not call about a headache. I might wait until it is so bad that I have to go to the ER. And so by increasing access to services within the health system, in rural areas specifically, you decrease the drive, you decrease the burden to the person experiencing the illness or the complication. And you increase the likelihood by placing nurse midwives in these spaces mm -hmm. that there's a relationship with their clinician and they will call before the problem gets too bad. So we see with access to health care increased, we see fewer, bigger complications, but not because they don't exist, it's because they're caught sooner Correct. and you can intervene sooner. So the overall mortality and morbidity rates reduce. Okay. So, you know, on that same token, you know, um, according to the 2022 um, Alabama Department of Public Health report that reviewed 80 maternal deaths in Alabama, more than 55% of those deaths were preventable. Uh, do you see similar results in other states, for instance, in Illinois, where you currently practice? So we do know that in the U.S. we have a mater maternal mortality issue. And yes, a lot of them are preventable. But what is specifically um, different about Alabama is until last year, postpartum services covered by um, programs like Medicaid were only covered until six weeks postpartum. Mm -hmm. But what we know from the data is that maternal deaths and maternal illnesses um, in Alabama specifically occur after that six week mark occur between six weeks and one year. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, now in Alabama, we have an expansion of postpartum Medicaid services. Right. Um, thankfully, from uh, the governor um, expanding that. Um, and so we now have an opportunity to right the ship, as they say. Mm -hmm. And those individuals can access health care in that year. So when they get that headache, they can call before they're in you know, the clamptic seizure mm -hmm. if their blood pressure is sky Right. Mm -hmm. And so if you know that that by accessing healthcare is going to cost your family, say, ten thousand dollars because you have to go to an ER and you, then you're admitted and you can see how that gets very expensive very quickly. People delay. And what we want to do is open up access so that the delay doesn't happen mm -hmm. so that it's caught sooner. Again, it's the it's the nursing model. It's prevent, prevent, prevent right. um, and educate. I think that that's the thing that nurse midwives and. All nurses um, do very well as we talk to patients. Um, I like to say clients because patients, you know, if we're not in the hospital, yeah. uh, it feels clinical. Uh, but clients, um, talking with them, getting to know them, having relationship-based care so that when they do get ill, they contact you. Um, and so you can intervene faster. It really is building that trust mm -hmm. with the people that you're living among in, in your community. And Absolutely. being that person that they call. And what a wonderful resource. So without, you know, you don't have to be very specific here, but what just in general, what are some barriers that mm -hmm. that have led us to be in these maternity deserts and that prevent nurse midwives from mm -hmm. 
doing these services and and how are you yeah. it sounds like you're overcoming them but how have you gotten to this point sure. in the process sure i think that you know looking from examining as an as someone who's from alabama but no longer lives or i don't practice in alabama sort of like I had to leave to be able to look back and see solutions. Um, so one thing that really um, is, a, is a barrier is this perception that midwives only do X. Midwives right. only do births at home. Midwives only do birth. Midwives can't be um, money makers in clinic settings, for example, because they're only doing prenatal care. Well, those types of things, the sort of myth barrier, um, because, of course, certified nurse midwives can attend births in various settings. Almost, um, I believe it's almost 90% of certified nurse midwives um, provide care in hospital settings. So I think that's a myth that people just don't understand. Um, one of the other barriers is is knowledge about what midwives can bring to the patient experience. So it's a consumer barrier. They don't know, so therefore they can't know. Right. Um and then the other thing is the way that, um, you know, the history of midwifery in the, in the state of Alabama has been fraught with competition. And what I hope any, any uh, physician listening hears is that we see ourselves as nurse midwives as part of the solution to problems. Um, we're not trying to take business. We're not trying to come in and take over. We want to join you in care to help. Um, expand the access to normal services so that then the physician can handle the abnormal and the nurse midwife can handle the normal. So I think those are some big barriers that once we build relationships, which UAB is very good at doing, um, and the School of Nursing in particular, as we build relationships across the state, as we continue to just talk to people about what midwives can bring to the table in a health system, I think that we'll see those barriers unlock. You know, I have to be honest, you know, I've been an advanced provider for a long time myself and I actually did not know some of the things that you're just educating us on. So I think the biggest issue is education, mm -hmm. you know. So I like to say midwives have a PR problem. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they need a really good publicist. <laughs> Thankfully, you're yeah. here. We'll start here. Yeah. That's yeah. right. That's right. So let's pivot a little bit. Let's uh, go down to, you know, the role itself. Tell us where we can find nurse midwives. Um, what settings can we find nurse midwives in? Sure. So across the country, you may find a nurse midwife in your um, OBGYN practice. Mm -hmm. You may find a nurse midwife in an independent nurse midwifery practice. Um, there are nurse midwifery practices that function out of, say, a school of nursing or a school of medicine or a school of public health. Um, you may find a nurse midwife working in your um, oncology departments in some hospitals, um, providing midwifery care to patients experiencing cancer. Um, you might find a nurse midwife working in residencies, mm -hmm. so actually providing training to learning physicians, um, whether it's family medicine or OBGYN. For example, here at UAB, our nurse midwives um, work as preceptors, attendings for the residents on labor and delivery. So they are actually teaching nurse midwifery care for normal patients, normal labor processes to the residents, affecting how then that physician goes out into the world and practices and also builds a connection with midwifery. Wow. Um, and pardon me, um, it's one of those things where you might find a nurse midwife in a, you know, a school of medicine, a school of nursing, a school of public health, 
in clinical spaces, in leadership positions in hospitals. There are nurse midwives who are um, chief nursing officers, CEOs of hospitals. So it's um, we're everywhere mm -hmm. and you just might not know it. Mm -hmm. um, so looking forward to that being the case in Alabama, I would love if every hospital system in the state had at least one nurse midwife somewhere mm -hmm. on staff. Um, so, uh, but really we can, we can wear many hats. So students often ask about a day in the life of mm -hmm. the healthcare professional, whatever, yeah. um, specialty they're entering or thinking about. Can you tell us a little bit about a day in the life of a, a nurse midwife and, sure. and probably in a more of a, I guess, a clinical practice mm -hmm. rather than you just listed a million. Yeah. So yes. we can I'll say, we can spend clinical. a lot of, yeah, maybe I'll clinical for now. Yeah, sure. So, um, an inpatient day might be a 12 hour or a 24 hour call shift in a hospital where the nurse midwife is managing the normal labors on the unit, um, or working with the attending physician to manage and sort of. Um, delegate who's doing what. Um, you might find a nurse midwife that is um, from a nurse midwifery-centered practice who's providing one-to-one -one care. Um, and so depending on what type of um, structure you're working for, it might look like very much like a birth center in that your midwife is your midwife all day. Or it could be that your midwife is nurse midwife is running in you know, the room at the moment of birth and being there <laughs> to catch the baby. So um, where I work currently, it's that one-to-one -one care. So really relationship-based um, and uh, managing, um, making sure nothing goes into the abnormal, um, being the point of contact with the physician if we do go to abnormal. Mm -hmm. So you could have one baby born on a shift. You could have four babies born on a shift. Or if you're managing the whole unit, you may catch eight to 10 babies. Um, so it really depends on the pace of the unit you're in. A clinic day might look like a return OB appointment, a new OB patient, an annual exam, an insertion of an IUD, um, someone who needs you to look in their throat, <laughs> someone who just needs a note sign that they can go to work, okay. like a physical form, mm -hmm. um, or it could be an you know, a birth control consult or someone going off to college or something like that. So um, really, changes day to day. So it's not boring, I guess is what I'm getting at. It sure. is I was very say, busy. Yeah. I was just going to say that it doesn't sound like it's the same thing every day. No. So I can't imagine that yes. you get bored. If you were someone who wants the same thing every day, I'm sure that job exists, but I haven't met many midwives who want that. Yeah. <laughs> we like the change. What's the relationship between the midwife and the nurses that mm -hmm. are in the hospital setting in that birthing area, the L&D nurses. What's your relationship like with them? Yeah, I, first of all, I love, love labor and delivery nurses. Um, I think as a, as a nurse midwife, for me in particular, I build a relationship with the nurses that I work with. We learn, I learn what their strengths are. And, you know, for that, say, I know you do great labor support. I'm not going to try to get in the way of that. I'm going to be more just sort of creating a midwifery bubble, keeping the lights low, mm -hmm. being there and being quiet, right? So I really think nurse midwives can get out of the way and let labor and delivery nurses provide that high touch care. Um, or we can join with them to provide that care. Mm -hmm. um, and so I tell people if the birth is going well, it's me and your labor nurse and you and your partner and it's just us. 
nobody else comes in. And so I think of it as a partnership when I work with um, labor and delivery nurses or any nurse, really. I mean, I also acknowledge that someone who has been a labor and delivery nurse for 20 years has so much more knowledge than I do as a Mm -hmm. nurse midwife of 10 years. And I think where you get into trouble is when you forget that. Because my roots are in nursing. I may have never worked as a bedside nurse, but my roots are nursing. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing about nurse midwifery. We come from the same foundation. And so we are on the same team. Um, So I I mean, labor and delivery nurses are worth their weight in gold. Wonderful. (laughs) So where can a person who is interested in becoming a nurse midwife go to get more information, such as average salary, Um, Mm -hmm. Are there any reputable uh, online sources out there? Well, so there are some companies that are popping up that are offering services to assist new graduates or people who are curious. Um, So, you know, I turn to our favorite search engines for that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, salaries, salaries. I think it's salaries.com, but those salary tracking websites do Mm -hmm. a pretty good job. I would also look at state institutions that have nurse midwives working because state institutions have to post their salaries. Mm -hmm. So you can find that information. Um, And there are state average salaries posted on some websites. Um, But you can also start with going to the American College of Nurse Midwives website. Mm -hmm. Um, There you can look at current job listings on midwifejobs.org. Um, and you can also reach out to the nurse midwives in your community and start to build those relationships. Mm-hmm. And of course, UAB Nurse Midwifery Pathway website. <laughs> I was going to make sure that you mentioned <laughs> that. If, if yeah. you didn't get a plug in, yes. I was going to do it. Um, well, it's we're about out of time, which just flew by. And so thank you so much for being here. We would love just some final thoughts and takeaways. What do you want people to know about nurse midwifery? What's your elevator speech? My (laughs) elevator speech is that nurse midwives are there for anyone who wants to access nurse midwifery care, whether that's a pregnant person, whether that's someone needing a pap, a breast exam, a physical exam, a mental health physical, Mm -hmm. right? And so nurse midwives are not, uh, while we specialize in, in normal childbirth and physiologic childbirth, that is not all we do. So if anything, I would expand your view and help you understand that it is all about the relationship and the relationship-based model of care. That connection is the, is the key to the increase in better outcomes. And so if you are looking for connected pregnancy care um, I would, and you have a normal pregnancy, <laughs> I would link you to nurse midwives. Um, we are trained to do that. Um, and that way, the, our physician colleagues can do the things that they are trained to do, which is higher risk care, um, surgical um, birth and um, other things that involve knowledge that I do not have. So um, I would encourage people to um, expand their horizons and uh, think about employing uh, nurse midwife. All right. Thank you, Dr. Munoz, for uh, coming today and just uh, giving us more information on what a nurse midwife is. I certainly learned a lot. Tracy, how about you? What what are some key things that you got from today's discussion? Well, I had no idea about all of the services. Uh, I could have been going to a nurse midwife all of these years and did not know. And you can start Uh, now. I can start now, (laughs) (laughs) which is wonderful. So thank you. Yes, you expanded my knowledge about what you can provide. I'm going to be looking for nurse midwives 
in all of our clinical settings. Uh, so just a joy to talk to you today. So thank you so much. Thank you. Travel safe, getting back home. Thank you. And um, to our listeners, thank you for joining us today on Clinical Pearls. And we will talk to you next time. 